بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ثم الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين حبيب إله العالمين بالقاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعجل فرجهم Respected brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Once again we are together with another episode 10th episode of Unraveling Dua Al-Ahad This blessing dua that has reached us from the Imams of Ahlul Bayt We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us to read this dua daily and act upon its teaching as much as possible inshallah We get to the segment where we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say Hatta la yadhfara bishay'in min al-batil illa mazzaqah Wa Allah so that he shall tear apart tear up any wrong item that he will face. Batil and falsehood is something that we have to keep in mind. And the next phrase, and shall confirm and approve of the truth. When I read these two segments every day, I must ask this question for myself. What is my stance against falsehood? When I see batil within my own life, when I see falsehood within my own life, within my own family, within my own community, within my own society, in this world, when I see batil, and there is something I can do about it. Sometimes people get caught up with social batil, and they try to focus on removing social batil but when it comes to their own homes and their own selves, we see that batil is very, very strong and uh, their action is based on batil. What they do, what they think, what they believe, uh, it's batil completely. So we have to keep in mind that when we say Imam al-Mahdi, Faraj al-Sharif, he will come and he will stand against batil and he will remove every batil that he sees well, during his occultation, it is my responsibility. In order for me to get ready for him, I have to make sure within my lifestyle, within my demeanor, within my akhlaq, within my common morality and jurisprudence, I don't have any batil in it. Unfortunately, some people's action is based on batil. Again, be it aqidah, be it ahkam, be it morality and akhlaq. So this is very important. And sometimes, again, so we have to really, really focus on ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within the Holy Quran says that Allah will not change the condition of people unless they change themselves. So in order for me to prepare the platform and be part of those people who have done smallest thing for hastening the appearance of Amal Mahdi, Sharif, I have to make sure that my action is not based on batil. Rather, I have with every action that I do, I have a reason from word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Holy Quran, and the narrations of Ahlul Bayt, which they are haq. See, within the next segment we say, al first, he will remove all the batil. And then, and shall confirm and approve of the truth. How much do I confirm and act upon the truth? Is my belief, my ahkam, my demeanor is based on the truth of the Holy Quran and Ahl Bayt Or no, my action is based on my culture, 
my action is based on what my wife or my husband and or my society or my community or my tribe dictates for me. I have to make sure I analyze everything that I do and making sure that all of my actions are uh, alongside the teachings of the Holy Quran and Ahl Bayt Where do we get this haq? That we must act upon this haq in order to tell Imam al-Mahdi that during his occultation, I did what I can to be part of those people who performed haq. Where, for example, we see this hadith from Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. Where do we find this haq? Rasulullah says, Aliyun ma'al haq wal haq ma'ali yadur haythu madar. Ali is with the truth, and this hadith is mentioned in Shia books and non-Shia books. Ali is with the truth, and the truth is with Ali. And everywhere Ali goes, the truth goes behind him, and the truth follows him. So that requires me reading the life of Amir al-Mu'minin Ali ibn Abi Talib That requires me reading a hadith of Ahl Bayt thinking and pondering about them. That requires me to read the teachings of the Holy Quran and ponder. So I make sure I bring the truth of these two gems that Rasulullah left for us into my life and to avoid all the battle that I see. And I must stand against battle. Again, it starts with my own. I'm about to say something that deep down I know this is falsehood. This is battle. But due to my ego, due to my interest that I have in this worldly gain, I might say something that is battle. Well, in the morning I read that I want Imam al-Mahdi to come and remove all the falsehood and batil and bring about truth and haq. Well, I as his follower, I as the one who loves him, well, I have my action based on batil and there is no truth in my words, in my action, in my decision makings. So this is how a person gets ready for the reappearance of Imam al-Mahdi. This is the way that Shia of Ahl al-Bayt prepared themselves for the reappearance of Imam al-Mahdi. We continue and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَجْعَلُ اللَّهُمَّ مَفْزَعًا لِمَظْلُومِ عَبَادِكَ For Allah, please make him the shelter to whom you, your wronged servant, shall resort. There are a lot of people who are being oppressed in this world. And they are, وَنَاصِرًا لِمَا لَا يَجِدُ لَهُ نَاصِرًا غَيْرَكَ and the supporter of those who cannot find any supporter except you, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, in this dua, and these two segments remind us to think about the other oppressed people. How many followers of Ahl al-Bayt in different parts of the world, they're being oppressed, they're being killed, they're being massacred from the time of Rasulullah's departure and martyrdom. Shias are being killed left and right. They've been targeted. They've not given any opportunities to work. They don't have health care. They get killed. They get bombed. They go to school. They get bombed and they get killed. They go to shelter. They go to mosques. Anywhere that Shias are found, unfortunately, the enemies of Ahl al-Bayt and the enemies of Shia, they find these mazlumin, these oppressed, and they oppress them more and more and more. So when I read this dua, I don't want only Imam al-Mahdi to reappear for my own benefit, for my own gain, for me to have better life in this world and all of my calamities to be removed. Rather, I'm thinking larger. I'm thinking, Wallah, please make him the shelter 
to shelter to who your wrong your wrong servant shall resort anybody who has been wronged and they have found shelter in Imam al-Mahdi please make him there and we ask for his reappearance and the supporter of those who cannot find any supporters except you so I should do dua for them I should care about them I should have anxiety when I see lovers of Ahl-Bayt Mu'mineen, Mu'minat they are going through hardship and difficulties and as much as I can do dua and help them financially help them with my duas for them help them by physically be there for them whatever I can do where we see Allah has talked about these people madlumin, any madloom uh, especially the lovers of Ahl Bayt in chapter 28 verse 5 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَنُرِيدُ أَنَّمُنَّ عَلَى الَّذِينَ اسْتُضْعِفُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَنَجْعَلَهُمْ أَئِمَّةً وَنَجْعَلَهُمْ وَارِثِينَ And we desired to bestow a favor upon those who were deemed weak in the land and to make them the imams and to make them the heirs. So Allah reminds us, reminds us about uh, those who've been اسْتُضْعِفُوا Those who've been deemed weak in the land meaning Ahlul Bayt alayhum salam and their followers, insha'Allah. Then we continue. وَمُجَدِّدًا لِمَا عُطِّلَ مِنْ أَحْكَامِ كِتَابِكِ Allah, make him the reviver of the laws of your book that have been suspended. Again, when I read this dua, I should think about myself. How much of the laws of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I have acted upon and how much of that those laws I have suspended it and I have abandoned because unfortunately there is a verse which is very very alarming that inshallah we will not be amongst this group of people that we will talk about in this chapter chapter 25 surah al-furqan verse 30 where the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu on the day of judgment he says and the messenger has said, O oh my Lord, indeed my people have taken this Qur'an as a thing abandoned. As an abandoned. Have I abandoned the Holy Qur'an? Have I abandoned the teachings of the Holy Qur'an? Have I abandoned recitation of the Holy Qur'an? Recitation with thinking, with pondering and with acting upon it or not? Will I be amongst those people who Rasulullah will say, well, he or she was amongst those people who abandoned Qur'an. Have I done it or not? Qur'an, actual Qur'an, the physical Qur'an, and the spoken Qur'an. It can refer, this verse can refer to both of them. The actual Qur'an, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we read, inshallah, on a daily basis, and the spoken Qur'an, which are Ahlul Bayt alayhim wassalam. Have we abandoned Ahlul Bayt? By abandoning meaning we hear about them. We participate in their majalis and their gathering and we hear their teachings, but my action has abandoned the teachings of the actual Qur'an and the spoken Qur'an. Some people, I mean, we do have a hadith that when Imam al-Mahdi, Allah ta'ala, al-Sharif, reappears, he brings a new religion. That doesn't mean that he brings a real new religion completely with new teachings that contradicts the teachings of Rasulullah. No, rather... Abi Basir, Abu Basir narrates from Imam Abi Ja'far, Amal Baqarah alayhi salam. 
in a lengthy hadith that says لا يترك بدعة إلا أزالها ولا سنة إلا أقامها he will not leave any innovation he will not leave it and then he will delete and he will remove all the innovations from what? from the teachings of Rasulullah and Quran and Ahl Bayt and every sunnah every good action that Islam meaning the teachings of Rasulullah and Quran promoted it he will bring it back again and he will establish it so people might see that uh, it's a new religion it's not it's the same teachings of Rasulullah from 1400 years ago same teachings of Amir al-Mu'minin Ali ibn Abi Talib Fatima al-Zahra Imam Hassan al-Mushtaba Imam Hussein al-Salam all the Imams Imam Mahdi's teaching will bring those teachings back again to life because unfortunately due to the culture due to western ideology eastern ideology due to different thinkers different poets different individuals which they don't have anything to do with the teachings of Quran and Al-Bayt people have deviated from the original teachings people have made life harder for themselves because they followed the culture and they forgot the religion for example we have a uh, hadith from uh, Rasulullah from Imams of Ahlul Bayt that the land belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to anyone who established this land meaning government doesn't have ownership of any land let us look at the Islamic countries at least that they claim find me one Islamic country one that doesn't have the ownership of the, all the lands and people cannot purchase those lands cheap they have to go and they have to go through a lot of governmental uh, bureaucracy to get the land hadith clearly says the earth belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and anyone who establishes it anyone who fixes it anyone who builds it so as a Muslim in a Muslim country I should be able to go outside a city for example right now for example city everybody's having places for themselves if I go a little bit outside the city I found good sized land that I'm not uh, hurting anybody else and I am not violating anybody else's uh, property I build walls around this land and I build it and I start farming and I start doing things in this land that is uh, allowed government cannot stop me because they don't have the ownership of this land so Imam Zaman Sharif comes when he reappears which we pray to be this year inshallah and anytime he brings this law everybody says well we didn't know that this exists well it existed within the teachings of Quran it existed within the teachings of Ahlul Bayt or for example as a Shia you see these are the laws that unfortunately due to the culture and due to the ego and due to people following shaitan and their desire they have forgotten the root of the religion person came to Imam al-Baqir may my life be ransom for you we have a lot of Shia next to us so Imam is trying to bring our attention who are true Shia who are truly following the teachings of the Holy Quran and Ahl Bayt well the rich will bend the rich will look after basically in other word of the affair of the poor 
وهل يتجاوز المحسن عن المسيء؟ Well, the wrong, the one who's been wronged and the one, uh, will he forgive the uh, one who wronged him or no? If somebody wronged me, do I have the heart to forgive them? وَيَتَوَاسَعُونَ فَقُلْتُ لَا And they are, are, they, are they all equal? He said no. فَقَالَ لَيْسَ هَؤُلَاءِ الشِّيْعَةِ They're not Shia. الشِّيْعَةُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ هَذَا Shia, true followers of Ahl Bayt السلام, are the ones who look after the affairs of the needy people. Who, when somebody wronged them, they will forgive them. And they see themselves equal to other believers, other Shia, other Mu'mineen and Mu'minat. So, this, these are the things that we have to keep in mind, brothers and sisters. By reading this dua, bringing these teachings into life, that exactly who are Shias. That within another hadith says that Shias are those that if you put your hand in your brother's pocket, you were needy, and you reached and you, you grabbed your brother's jacket or pants and you put your hands in the pockets and you got some money because you were in need of it. He doesn't say anything to you because you, he knows that you were in need of it. Have we reached that point? Do we think about the affairs of other people? This is what Imam Zaman wants from us during his occultation. So in addition to time that I read this dua, I should think about other people. I should see. There's a beautiful book, Safatu Shia, Characteristics of Shia. Let me go through them and see line by lines of Ahl Bayt what they have given us that our Shias have these characteristics. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I list them. And I go through one, each one of them once a week. And I see how many of them did I apply today? How many of them I applied this month? Can I practice? So when Imam Mahdi, Ajallah Ta'ala, Sharif, appears, I told him, I did my best, Imam. Let us continue. And Allah Make the Imam and the constructor of all signs of your religion and instruction of your messenger. Again, how much of these signs have I upholded and strengthened the signs, meaning the teachings of Rasulullah and Ahl Bayt and the teachings of the Holy Quran, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, peace be upon him and his household that he will see. Allah, please include him. Mean Allah, include Imam Zaman with those who you protect from the domination of the aggressors. We're doing dua for Allah to protect our Imam because he has a lot of enemies that they don't want him. As we see through the life of all the Imams, how they had enemies and they martyred one after one. This will be the end of this section, insha'Allah, next week and next episode, we'll talk about Allahumma wa surra nabiyyaka Muhammadan. Allah, please delight your Prophet Muhammad. Uh, how he get delighted, insha'Allah, it will be in the next episode. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the blessing of Quran, by the blessing of Ahl Bayt and this dua to make us among those, amongst those people who act upon the teaching, teachings of Quran and Ahl Bayt and among those people who are truly awaited uh, for the reappearance of the Imam of our time with the blessing of salawat ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajahum.